From WGCU News, this is Gulf Coast Life. I'm Mike Canary. During the upcoming midterm elections, voters in Lee County are being asked whether to change the job of superintendent of the school district of Lee County from an appointed position to an elected position. It's been an appointed position in Lee County since 1974. Florida and Alabama are the only two states left that still allow for elected school superintendents. And here in Florida, 41 of the state's 67 public school districts are currently elected. The referendum was placed on the ballot for voters in Lee County after Governor Ron DeSantis signed HB 497 into law at the end of the 2022 legislative session. It had been pushed by Republican members of the Lee County legislative delegation, and it passed despite never being read out of committee during the House session and had no accompanying Senate bill. In response, a group of local education advocates and educators formed a political action committee called Quality Schools for the Future of Lee County to speak out against the referendum and the concept of electing school superintendents, particularly in large districts like Lee County, which has 96 traditional schools, nearly 100,000 students, and a roughly $2 billion annual budget. I spoke yesterday with three of the PACS members to get their take on this referendum. Madeline Stewart is a board member of the Sanibel League of Women Voters and a former teacher. The Sanibel League itself is not a member of Quality Schools for the Future of Lee County, but some of its members, like Madeline, are. Madeline, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mike. And Dr. Mike Martin is president of Florida Gulf Coast University. Dr. Martin, nice to see you. Good to see you, Mike. Madeline, for starters, can you just tell us a little bit about the political action committee formed in response to this referendum, Quality Schools for the Future of Lee County? Yes, a group of us learned about the referendum that's on everyone's ballot. It's at the very last item on your ballot in, I believe, August, and started talking about the issues that we thought would arise, the effects this would have on the public school system. So over that course of time, we just kept meeting with each other and got together and finally formed the PAC because the PAC is the only way we can actually get information out, spend money and get information out about this important issue to have an elected, we hope not, superintendent of schools. And I was looking at your website. It says you're not affiliated with any political party. You provide no funding to any political party or candidates, and you accept no funding from any political party. That is correct, yes. Explain what this referendum asks of voters. I know we've already kind of said it, but just tell us what it it means. It asks voters in very convoluted language, which people have mentioned over and over, if they would like to stop having a superintendent who is professional, vetted, and hired by an elected nonpartisan school board, if they would like to stop that process and instead have a politician elected as superintendent of the public school system every four years. Um, You mentioned how convoluted the wording is. I brought my ballot in. I was filling it out yesterday, and I got to the last one, and I knew what it's asking – But when I read the language, I felt like I wasn't sure what it was asking. Right. (laughs) And I'm going to read it now. Currently, by resolution of the Lee County School Board, the superintendent of schools for the Lee County School District is an appointed rather than elected position. Shall Chapter 2022-233, Laws of Florida, which repeals the aforesaid resolution and provides that the superintendent of schools shall no longer be appointed by the Lee County School Board, 
but rather shall be elected in a partisan election by vote of qualified electors residing in Lee County for a term of four years beginning with the 2024 general election, comma, become effective. <laughs> Dr. Well, Martin, what are your thoughts on that? That's language? a hard one. I mean, if you want to confuse people, they've done a nice job of it. Maybe I'm not suggesting that was the intent, but if it was, congratulations. Nicely done. But I think there's something ahead. else in there that's included in there that people should realize, and that's what they're alluding to. The position of superintendent of schools in Lee County was an elected position until 1974. So a legislative contingent then asked that that be rescinded and that they then have an appointed superintendent, which is what we have now. So our stance is why would we go back to 1974? And so this would be a partisan election, meaning that there would be an R or a D or an I next to candidates' names. Yeah, there would be a write-in, there would be an R, a D, or an NPA, yes, or a Green Party or whatever. And it's a four-year terms thing. It's a four-year term with no qualifications. I guess we'll get to that. Um, can you explain the non-traditional way this referendum made it onto the ballot in Lee County? You sent me over some information and I was looking through it and it did not come through necessarily in the standard way, right? Well, I cannot say that I'm a legislative Expert. Uh, expert. <laughs> it's very hard to be because it is a convoluted process. But what I do know is that the Lee County Legislative Contingent proposed this as House Bill 497. And it went through certain committees, but then it never had what is normal for a bill to have a Senate bill that was an accompanying bill. So we sort of thought, well, I guess this isn't going to go anywhere. But then on the last day of session... By a voice vote, this was proposed and voted in. So actually, it was never really voted out of committee into a Senate bill, hmm. is my understanding. Uh, Dr. Martin, do you know anything about that side of this equation? Yeah, well, I think uh, Maddie's got it exactly right. I mean, it was, a, it was an 11th hour uh, sort of salute from the Senate to the House that this would be placed on the ballot here in Lee County. And, you know, we track a lot of legislation, and that one we thought, in all candor, much as many suggested, was going to sort of die for lack of participation on the Senate side. But politics are politics, and uh, however they teed it up, and maybe, again, it was a case where uh, it was a little easier to do it that way than confront another set of hearings in the Senate. I'm going to bring another voice into the conversation now. Um, we were trying to get Bobby D'Alessandra on the phone before we started, and she was not available, but she is available now. So I'd Great. like to welcome to the show uh, Bobby D'Alessandro was a superintendent of Lee County Public Schools from 1993 to 1997 and has spent her career in K-12 public education. Bobby, thank you so much for joining us by phone today. Well, thank you. I'm sorry I'm a little late, but I'm here. No, that's okay. Uh, we've kind of started laying some groundwork, but I want to just ask you as a former superintendent, what is your position against this and what is the rationale behind that position? My rationale is very clear. We want to have the most qualified person to lead our school district so our children will have the best education ever. And this needs to be someone that's grounded in education, that has a record of success in districts like ours. And so I am very much against an elected superintendent. All over the country, there's only two states that have elected still, and that's Alabama and Florida. About half of our uh, superintendents are elected, and only in small districts except for one. And the reason is because everybody understands you need to be qualified to run a $6 billion budget like we have here in Lee. And also, to 
handle tragedy like we just had so efficiently. So as a former superintendent, I want my person to be well-seasoned and ability to do the job. And I don't believe an 18-year-old without a felony can possibly run this kind of a a big operation, which is the second largest business in Fort Myers, Lake County. Bobby, I'm going to stick with you. Were you surprised when you saw this bill pass and that this was being put on the ballot here in Lake County? I was shocked. I never, I was like Dr. Martin. I didn't really give it um, a lot of thought because I thought that'll never get through. And the way it's worded is so problematic uh, to me. Um, I think it's going to be confusing for voters. And that's why we're trying to get out to spread the word to say, vote no. This is nothing but would be a bad situation for our county because uh, we need to do the best for our children. We have, you know, 103,000 kids here. So let's take good care of them. Uh, Madeline or Dr. Martin, if you'd like to weigh in, are the members of the Lee County Legislative Delegation who pushed for this campaigning on it, speaking out in favor of it, being out in the public? I've heard nothing at all, quite candidly. Now, not that I follow them all, but I have not heard this being a major issue that's being raised this time around. So whatever happened, it's gone a little silent in that end of the, the, the conversation, and maybe we'll hear as we get a little closer, but I'm not. Well, I did hear one of the legislative um, people say that she believed that the voters should decide. I think that was what she was trying to – that was trying to be her rationale for the bill. And as a person from the League of Women Voters, of course, I agree that voters should decide. But our issue is that voters need quality information in order to make a decision. And so – People need to understand what the implications of having a politician in charge of a school district would uh, the, be. The representative you were speaking of is Jenna Persons um, Malika. I'm not sure how to Malika, pronounce yeah. Malika. Um, another thing that she said was that uh, most superintendents in Florida schools districts remain elected, including those in many of the state's top performing districts. Is that accurate? Well, first of all, we are the ninth largest district in Florida. So none of the nine larger districts have an elected superintendent. And I think that's very obvious. The larger you are, the more complex your organization. Some of the smaller counties that have like 7,000 kids in the district may have elected superintendents. And that's a whole different organizational construct. Uh, Bobby, can you characterize just how big the school district of Lee County is these days? Well... We have 103 schools, 120 schools counting all, 103,000 students, 12,000 employees, a $6 billion budget, and we're growing. And it's very interesting, in 1972, when we had an elected superintendent, they made a good decision that they needed someone more qualified because they were growing, they wanted to have the best education. And why now should it change when the demands are so much more on, on um, having a quality person at the head? And, you know, it's very interesting that there's only one large district in Florida that has an elected superintendent, and, and that, that district has not done as well as it did before that superintendent. I also think I've been a member of American Association of School Administrators for many years, and they've always really spent a lot of time being sure that superintendents are trained, that we're ready. And I didn't realize, quite honestly, until I sat in the chair, uh, I was assistant superintendent, what you really need to know, and you need to be education and grounded. You need to have business sense. You need to be strategic. You need to be collaborative. And those are things that don't come easily, but after years of training and experience, you can lead. And you also 
have the ability to strategically know people around the country. Like Dr. Bernier called people all over the country that had 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 emergencies and, and things like we had this time with Ian, and he was able to get wonderful advice. Now, think about that if you didn't have those kind of connections. Um, go ahead, Dr. I was going to say, I think it's important to note that the nine of the 12 universities in the system offer doctorate degrees to prepare people for superintendent roles, hmm. including ours, including FGCU. All of us in the system, I think, would agree, I haven't polled everyone, that those qualifications are essential or we would not offer those degrees. Uh, we could better spend money elsewhere if we did not believe that some level of credentialing, in effect, is essential if you're going to run a complex system. System We require teachers to be licensed, and yet now we have a situation where anyone could come in and be the superintendent of teachers who themselves have a hurdle to clear. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, then, you know, listen, I, I respect, uh, I respect the, the, the legislators who pass this. They may be sincere about having the po- local pop- population participate, but that's why you elect the school board. It isn't as though we're leaving the citizenry out of this. Yeah. But this is giving us a standard. I also will note, and I've, I've quoted this to, to, uh, to Maddie and others, a couple of years ago, Mississippi went the other direction. And as a statewide system, they outlawed elected superintendents. The then lieutenant governor, who's now the governor, and I wouldn't call him a left-leaning liberal, Tate Reeves said, of all the education reforms the legislature has passed, appointing superintendents brings Mississippi in line with excellent school districts across the nation and can lead to a higher level of student achievement. Now, that came about four years ago out of Mississippi. And I've got to believe Lee County is at least at a level of commitment to excellence that the state of Mississippi is. I just want to p- piggyback on something Bobby said, if I may. Sure. Uh, she mentioned that as an assistant superintendent, and she had been in that position for a while, and she'd been a teacher for years, didn't really understand what it meant to be superintendent until she got herself, until she was in that position. And throughout my career, I've worked with uh, prospective teachers and with teachers, experienced classroom teachers. And one of the things that young people and even career changers say to me after they've been in the classroom for a while as a student teacher, I had no idea this was going to be so hard. Because sitting in the in the classroom and looking at the teacher is not the same as being the teacher. So it's not till you're there that you know what you really have to do. Um, to play a little devil's advocate, could it be that people who are qualified run for the position, people who can point to their academic record or can say, I was a superintendent of this school district in this you other state? You certainly could. I mean, and that, that, uh, that could happen. But there's no assurance that will happen. That's the concern. I mean, not that I don't trust the voters, but there is a level in between that gives us some filter to ensure that that does indeed become a criteria. And so, and you know, look at around the school districts here, right? We've got a superintendent, and you probably know in Collier County, in Camp Patton. I think she's up for one of the four most outstanding superintendents in the nation, not just locally. Right. And I think in Cam, you see a professional who prepared herself for a very big challenge, just as Chris has done here. And that's what you want in leading a school district. We've jokingly, Maddie and I and others have jokingly said, you wouldn't elect your child's pediatrician. 
right? Why would you trust the education if you don't trust a healthier child to someone who just decides they want to run for office? The the, the argument for democracy is made through the process of the school board. And that's where citizen participation really ought to take place. And I think we've done a good job in Lee County up to now doing it that way since Bobby's days. (laughs) I want to just mention that Byron Donalds has come out publicly to say that he is against the referendum Mm. because he feels that limiting the pool of applicants to somebody who is currently living in Lee County just doesn't make sense given the scope of the job. So I agree with Representative Donald. I do too. So break down what the requirements would be if this passes. One is a resident of Lee County and then not You have much to be eight, 18 years old, um, registered to vote and not adjudicated a felon or mentally incompetent. And that's the requirements. And those, those are the written requirements and I don't believe they can add any more to that because that's the way the law is written now. I'd like to take a moment to reintroduce my guests. Madeline Stewart is a board member of the Sanibel League of Women Voters and a former teacher. Dr. Mike Martin is president of Florida Gulf Coast University. And on the phone is Bobby D'Alessandro. She's former superintendent of the school district of Lee County, which I think was called something different back then. She served from 1993 to 1997 and has remained engaged in K-12 public education administration throughout her life. We're discussing a referendum on the ballot in Lee County that would make the Lee County school superintendent an elected position rather than appointed, as it is now and has been since 1974. If you'd like to engage with us about this conversation, find us on Facebook. We're at WGCU Public Media. And on Twitter, we're at WGCU using the hashtag GCL. Is there data in Florida and Alabama of how districts do, whether they're elected or appointed? Do we have something we can point to that shows that? Well, we do know that all the largest districts, the nine largest districts, have a B or better, and it's more likely if you have an elected superintendent that you will have a C grade from the Florida Department of Mm -hmm. Education. Hmm. I want to just mention something that Bobby brought up about Pasco County, which is actually a good comparison to Lee because it's the 10th largest district, but they have an elected superintendent. The man who has been elected there, he's been a politician all his life. He had various positions, well-respected. When he came into office promising to raise the level of Pasco County, they were at 36th in the number of 67 districts in Florida, and now they're at 37. He has said he is not going to run again because the job is just too much, And the person who has already stepped up to say he wants to run is someone who was on the school board before and who also owns charter schools. So this is another whole issue about having politics, you know, under the tent, (laughs) that that camel's nose under the tent. It's a big problem. Bobby, you were chiming in? Yeah, and I'm sorry I interrupted. I I must admit that... Alabama has the worst scores in the nation other than Washington, D.C. And isn't it ironic that every state in our nation except two have appointed superintendents? Now, that speaks volumes to me. And we should be very, very thoughtful about what we're doing. Uh, and I, I, I agree people should be able to vote. But I want, them to, I want them to know the facts, and that's why we have been, as a very small group, very vehement about getting out there and saying, here's, here's the difference between make your choice. And we are so hoping that they vote to keep the appointed superintendent. And I think, Mike, as well, 
one of the things that bothers me a bit about just the whole election process is you want a superintendent who's full-time committed to the students and the school system not seeking campaign funds to run for office and running for office. There's just a what are you going to pay them to do? And uh, I know of a, a superintendent in our region who was in an elected role. He was highly qualified, as it turns out. And he said, I'm leaving to be an associate or assistant superintendent elsewhere because I'm tired of having to run every four years mm. and do all that goes with it because I got more important things to do. I was going to actually go there next because I've heard state and federal lawmakers lament the fact that they have to spend so much time raising money constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And right. Bobby, I want to ask you, can you imagine doing the job of superintendent if part of the pie of your day's efforts has to be devoted to raising money for the next time you go up for election? I spoke very, very uh, loudly about this. I think the superintendent is one of the most, I always call it the agony and the ecstasy of the superintendency. It's the best and worst job you'll ever have. But I, I mean, it's a 24-7 job. People call you in, in the middle of the night, in the morning. You have things after school. You have things before school. It is so important that you focus your energies on what's right for the children. And I simply wouldn't have had time to raise a penny. I, I just wouldn't. And besides that, ethically, I wouldn't want to do, do it, done it either. And think about the superintendent of schools, if they're elected, they're going to have, they're, they can take contributions from their employees, from businesses. I mean, think about that implications on decision-making on down the line. It's just very difficult for me to comprehend that anybody would want to be in that kind of a position. Um, and I don't know if any of you all can answer this, but I'm not familiar with campaign finance rules on the local level. Would there be a possibility for sort of big so-called dark money pouring money into a race like this? Absolutely. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any <laughs> restriction at all. Well, yeah. no significant restriction on where the money comes from. And, and you may have to divulge it, but but even then you get it through disguised various kinds of means. And so it, it just opens the door to so many things that I don't think serve our students well. And you got to get back to the fundamental question, right? What's this about? This is about the highest quality education we can offer the children of this this county and beyond. And I don't believe you get it by using people's time and energy and money to run for office. If people want to contribute to the schools, contribute directly to the schools. Exactly. And here's the thing. Think about vendors. We have a huge budget. And think about the re, what's going to be rebuilding here in Lee County after this horror. We're going to have to rebuild entire schools. Now, if we have a politician, we can only imagine who is going to be contributing that. How will that person make with he does not ha, he does not or she does not the elected person does not report to anyone so he or she can influence who gets to build those buildings who gets to the paper towel contract who gets whatever contract he can also or she can also influence if a principal in a school will be rehired because they only have one-year contracts for the next year. And all of this is kind of patronage that we used to hear about from uh, Tammany Hall in New York City, which has gone by the wayside, we think. <laughs> 
Well, I just, you know, as a as a parent of a kid in school in Lee County, I just wonder, you know, when you get elected with a party affiliation next to your name, you are going to try to a serve that constituency and b do things that they'll reelect you. And I just right. don't see how that jives mm-hmm. with this role. And that's just my own personal perspective. Well, I have to say I agree with and you. you know, completely. I have to agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. I think at Superintendent Schools, I understood politics. Absolutely, you have to. But I was apolitical in my decisions. You have to be apolitical in your decisions where you're making the best decision for the children, not whether you're Republican or Democrat. And that's why nonpartisan is so important. Well, I think the public schools in this country, which are really the backbone of our democracy, if we do not have educated citizens who know the difference between fact and fiction and so forth, if we don't have that, we don't have a democracy. And that is absolute. So the schools were never meant to be partisan. They were always meant to be nonpartisan. And we will continue to offer degrees because we believe that we can help prepare the next generations of leaders of public schools because we believe it's important here. I don't know if any of you all can answer this one either, but I'm going to ask, uh, do you see this as part of the political rights efforts to direct attention at school boards, which we started seeing burble up during the early days of the pandemic? Very possibly, but um, I don't know. I don't know. Yes, that's a concern because, again, the school board members are nonpartisan. And the other part of that for people in Lee County is that school board members are elected from a specific district. So it's not like they're at large. They don't represent the 750,000 voters in Lee County. They represent just the voters in their district. Those are much smaller entities. They have the ability to really understand the needs of the children and the the schools in their district. And that's critically important. I agree entirely. And again, I'm not going to try to get into the minds of those driving this. But I do believe that politicizing this from whatever direction you Mm, come mm. is not in the best interest of quality schools. And as you and I have had this conversation, Mike, I believe that education is pre-K through death. I don't think it's segmented. These are our colleagues. We work with them directly as colleagues here at this university. And we believe that colleagues ought to have standards and stature that give them the capacity to participate at that level as well. And so uh, we'll, we'll, I'm going to – this. I, as you know, I tend not to try to get into too much politics around here. But this is one that is a defense of the efficacy of what we do at this university and at eight of our sister institutions in Florida. Uh, Bobby, I want to bring you back in and we only have a few minutes left. But I meant to ask you this earlier but we kind of skipped past it. Can you just break down exactly – where does the power lie at a school district? Is the school board – in charge of the superintendent? Is the superintendent yes. in charge of the school board? How does that work? <laughs> well, very definitely the school board, um, the superintendent reports to the school board, but he is the only employee that does. And then all the other employees report to the superintendent. There's a really fine line there. I mean, board members are welcome to go to schools, but that is their only employee. But the superintendent is in charge of everyone else in the district. Understood. Um, I mentioned at the beginning that you are a part, uh, Madeline, um, I think Bobby, too, of Quality Schools for the Future of Lee County. It's a group of concerned citizens speaking out against this. Uh, Dr. Martin is a member as well. Um, Are there any groups of concerned citizens speaking out in favor of it? 
Not that we're aware of. I've not heard of them. May, they may uh, they may emerge after listening to you, Mike. Can I read this? May, uh, <laughs> we may hear from them, but uh, until then, I don't know that there's any active uh, pro movement out there that has been obvious to me. Well, you know, I hope they call you and want to be interviewed. I think it's critically important if they have something to say that will be positive about an elected partisan superintendent. Please let us know. I would love to talk to anybody, <laughs> whether elected or not. Um, unfortunately, that is all the time that we have, so I need to thank my guests. Madeline Stewart is a board member of the Sanibel League of Women Voters and a former teacher. Madeline, thank you so much for coming in. My pleasure. Dr. Mike Martin is president of Florida Gulf Coast University. Dr. Martin, always a pleasure. Good to see you, Mike. And Bobby D'Alessandro is former superintendent of the school district of Lee County. Bobby, thank you so much for being able to join us by phone. Thank you for having us. Madeline asked me to make it clear that the Sanibel League of Women Voters as an organization is not part of the Political Action Committee Quality Schools for the Future of Lee County, but some of its members, like herself, are part of that pack. After our interview, I did the math, and here's the breakdown. There are 67 school districts in Florida, 26 have appointed superintendents, and 41 have elected superintendents. The state grades districts each year in the same way schools are graded, with an A, B, C, etc. grade. In 2022, among districts with appointed superintendents, there are 6 with A's, 18 with B's, and 2 with C's. Collectively, that works out to a 3.15 GPA, as it were. In 2022, among districts with elected superintendents, there were 8 with A's, 17 with B's, and 15 with C's. Altogether, that works out to a 2.76 GPA. You can find links to breakdowns of school district grades statewide and which districts in Florida have appointed or elected superintendents on our website, wgcu.org gcl. If you missed any of today's show, you can always hear episodes in their entirety on our website or wherever you find podcasts. Our show today was produced by yours truly. Our director today is Jared Gonzalez. Our social media coordinator is Tara Callaghan. For now, thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. This is WGCU-FM, Fort Myers 90.1, WMKO Marco Island 91.7 FM. We are NPR for Southwest Florida.